You're listening to Level Up on Mile High Sports. Mario Vitanzi and Van Albright bring the fire to you all day and all night. We dare you to find a better show on the station. Hell, a better show in this nation every Saturday. From noon to two, tune into Mile High Sports, that's what you gotta do. You'll hit level up and it'll change your life. Genius so thick, you can't cut it with a knife. The best looking two hours on the radio, bro. There is just no reason not to listen to the show. Nolan Lease runs the board, he should win an award. It's a show if they charge, Donald Trump could not afford. Stop making excuses, you have no more time to blow. Go to soundcloud.com slash level. Up show. Now Mario and Ben are gonna blow your mind, so sit back, relax, hope you enjoyed this rhyme. Welcome into the second episode of an exclusive Broncos podcast. My name is Mario Vitanzi. With me, not as always, filling in for Mr. Benjamin Albright, Mr. Joe Morgan, not the Joe Morgan that uh, you think you've heard of. He's actually Ben and I's intern on Level Up, but you know what? Ben's out of town, so Joe is taking advantage. And you know, Joe is uh, is a young podcaster. He's gonna or he's gonna be starting his own podcast soon. So you know, we we figured to give him a try. So how are you feeling today, Joe? Fantastic. I didn't know that I was your intern. Um, you are you are my personal intern, and I have claimed you as fantastic. Us. So yeah, there you go. And by the way, I love that uh, that intro. <laughs> Yeah. I know it's, it's good, right? It's not bad. You know, on our on our show, and if you're if you're wondering, obviously you're hearing this either on SoundCloud.com or you're listening live on the Red Light Sports Network.com, and this is an exclusive Denver Broncos podcast. And so, I mean, you're so welcome to get an exclusive podcast from the best team in the NFL, and you know some of the best uh, radio personalities as well. But you know, I digress. Uh, so with Ben out, we're going to give Joe a shot. And uh, in case you're wondering, in the intro, Nolan Lease is our is our board operator. So that's uh, that's who that is. Follow him on Twitter at Nolan Lease, L-E-E-S. Follow me on Twitter at Mile High Mario. Uh, you can follow Ben on Twitter at Albright NFL. And you can follow Joe. It's at Mile High Jomo. You got it. And where did you think I got that from? I am oh, assuming yeah. you got it either from me or some other, maybe Mile High Sports. Heck of an influence. <laughs> that, see, and that is why you are yeah. personal concern. That's, that's why you're here. I'm, <laughs> all right, enough of the pleasantries. Let's get right into it. Last week we talked a little bit about the kind of depth that this team has. So what I want to get into right away, just give you some of their stats, like some of their broad stats from last season. And get your take on how well you think they improved from last year. So, obviously, last year they averaged 340 pass yards a game. Of course, that was first place. We Everybody knows all the records that they broke. Um, a lot of people are hesitant to say that they are going to have the same kind of output. But uh, I, I'm not. And I don't think the loss of Eric Decker is going to be that tumultuous. I don't think losing Notion Moreno is going to be that bad, as Ben and I said in last week's podcast. I think Monty Ball is a better overall athlete. Um, I think he catches the ball out of the backfield just as well as Notion Moreno. And from a fantasy standpoint, if you remember, Monty Ball was taken in about the third or fourth round. I know you're not really a big fantasy guy, but people were drafting Monty Ball, and it was kind of his... Uh, it was his position to lose. Well, of course, it was Hillman. Everybody knows what happened right. with him. And then it was Monty Ball. And then, of course, Notion Moreno 
comes out of nowhere and you know, he gets the job done. He was block, pass blocking. He was running the ball just fine. Thanks to year. thanks to seven man fronts, right? And so everything that you saw out of Notion Moreno, that is his ceiling. You're never going to get anything more out of Notion. It's a guy that peaked in college. You know, he could get away with not having great vision and not having great speed while he went to Georgia simply because he was a superior athlete. That kind of stuff doesn't fly in the NFL. And then you look at a guy like Monty Ball, who set the NCAA Division I record for rushing touchdowns. Obviously, this guy just simply knows how to run the ball. So a lot of Broncos fans uh, wanted to write him up early on into the season because Eddie Lacy was having the success that he had. Uh, and that's kind of what you're going to see. Lacy obviously... You know, was in the running for Rookie of the Year. Could have made a very strong case for him. Monty Ball is going to have a better season than Lacey had last year simply because he's never going to go up against an eight-man front. And uh, the Broncos, who averaged 117 rush yards a game, good for 15, so pretty much right there in the middle. Um, I, I see that total staying about the same. Yeah, so do I. Simply because they're going to throw the ball a ton. Right. For as good as Julius Thomas is, or as good as he was last year, he's going to be even better this year, from everything that I've heard, and he's a patient of mine. In case you're unaware, I'm a, I'm a healthcare practitioner. I do have the honor of taking care of some of the players, and uh, with Julius as one of my patients, uh, he's just like his build is much more solid now. He's built more like a durable tight end slash wide. He's built like a Jimmy Graham. Yeah, well, he's, you know, had, just he's had a year down. to bulk up, and you know, in the NFL, um, Mario, I I don't really understand why people are saying there's going to be a drop off. I don't know, as offensively, I don't really know uh, who they've lost and why there would be a drop-off with the, re- with the replacements they've had. I mean, Decker's a great great wide receiver, but don't you think a lot of that had to do with Peyton? I mean, I, whoever you surround, well, and not just to get those yards. Yeah, exactly, and not just Peyton, but the fact that a Demarius Thomas was on, was on the other side, and Wes Welker was in the right. slot, and a Julius Thomas was lining up a tight end, like... Honest to goodness, you know, some games Decker would go in as the fourth or fifth guy that the defense had to worry about. They were like, "All right, well, number one, we're gonna we're gonna slow down Demarius Thomas as best we can, and then we're gonna turn our attention on Julius Thomas, and then we're gonna turn our attention on Welker." So, and then sometimes even No. John would be in the, you know in the game plan to stop ahead of Eric Decker. So it wasn't that big of a loss. Obviously, it's sad to see him go from. Uh, personnel perspective, You're right. as far as his reality show, and you know, Joe is actually a Jets fan, so you're probably you're probably liking the fact that they got Eric Decker, but enjoy uh, the whole circus that he brings with Jesse James. Yeah, he's got a lot. There's a lot going along that comes along with him. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know if Decker was worth the. Uh, actually, I know for a fact he wasn't worth the money that he was paid. So uh, yeah, no, we'll see how that goes. I just, I do think. Um, Offensively, I think they're going to be basically the same team that they that they have been. You have Peyton Manning; really, nothing's going to change. I do think you have to run the ball a little bit more, um, just to take the pressure off of them. But uh, I, I'm excited to see what this offense does with Monty Ball uh, behind Peyton because I'd love to see them establish some kind of consistent running attack. We're not going to have to have Peyton throw the ball 35, 40 times a game. I do think that hurts them because I think they did become one dimensional last year. Yeah, and, and, and they did, and teams, here's the thing, teams knew they were going to throw the ball, and they still couldn't stop it. Now, right. uh, a stat that I want to bring up from last year, the opponent's passing yards, 254.5 per game. Now, obviously, obviously, you have to keep in mind that teams were playing from behind, and so, 
oftentimes these teams would abandon the run game probably around halftime because the Broncos would just be, for all intents and purposes, they would be blowing out teams. So that's something that gets lost in translation. But it was no surprise. It doesn't come as a shock to anybody that their defense definitely had room for improvement. I mean, Dominic rogers Camardi was a fantastic corner. Chris Harris was a fantastic corner. Uh, but DRC got beat from time to time. You know, he was a gambler. Chris Harris, one of the guys that, you know, plays it safer, closer to the belt. So he's not going to have as many interceptions. He's not going to have as many, you know, fantastic plays as a Patrick Peterson or a Richard Sherman. But if you look at the stats, Chris Harris gave up one touchdown all of last season. But then you look at their safeties, and that's kind of where they struggled. You got good production out of Raheem Moore when he was on the field. And then, of course, he had the compartment syndrome. We know what happened with that. And uh, they, they lost Quentin Carter at the beginning of the season, who's also going to be, you know, a dark horse to start this year. The defense had some, some injuries last year. They, well, a lot of people don't talk about that. They did, yeah. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. But defensively, I understand the whole team did. But that defense really did get beat up pretty bad towards the end of the year. And that's I think that had a, a big effect on the way, especially they were playing, you know, uh, pass defense. They've made some massive improvements, in my opinion. And everything I'm hearing at a Broncos training camp, is that they they're nasty right now? They got an attitude, and that's what you need on this team. I thought they were soft. I got you know. So is it safe to say that it was a good thing that they lost the Super Bowl, or is that a little presumptuous? That might be a little presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it. I think it helped them. I think they went up against a team in Seattle who that that's the way that the NFL is now. And I mean, I think that kind of ties into the running game conversation that we were having. Everybody talks about how the NFL is a passing league. But if you look at it, who are the two best teams besides the Broncos in football? San Francisco and Seattle. Right, the two best defenses in the league. The two best Ds, and they ran the ball down your throat. I think that's, at the end of the day, I think that's still what wins you championships. So if you can get a consistent running game going with a nasty defense, with, you know, now you got Ward in the back, a, a real a, a hitter, I think um, they made some serious improvements. I like this team a lot more than last year's team. Uh, I know they had a great year, but I was coming in, I did think they were really soft. And I think they it were, showed yeah. in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. They, it, it didn't. Yeah, no one would disagree with you. Yeah, no. They it, looked soft in the Super Bowl. It, it was an embarrassment. It, yeah, it, it was. was. And, so, and, and, and exactly. They went out and they got every, you know, they filled in all the holes that they needed to. Uh, you look at the positions they were weak in last year. It was safety and it was middle linebacker and it was defensive line. Russian, they couldn't get to the quarterback. So, I mean, it was it was obviously very difficult missing a guy like Von Miller for basically the entire season. You know, he misses the first six games, comes back. He isn't, you know, quite all there. I mean, you can't, you can't just get thrown into the fire. Even a guy, yeah. a player as good as Von Miller, and just when he's starting to get on track, you know, he goes and tears his ACL, and then he's done. And then you lose a guy like Chris Harris for the Super Bowl. Uh, Raheem Moore wasn't there for the Super Bowl. And, you know, even though... You know, uh, Raheem Moore isn't a guy that's going to make a huge impact. It's difficult to go from a guy like Raheem Moore to a guy like Mike Adams, who's been in the league for a decade and a decade plus. And then on the other side of him is Dookie and Nacho, who had been benched several times throughout the season for whatever reason. It's a guy who has a lot of talent, but he's just very raw. He's not quite a smart player. And then you look at the corners, they weren't incredibly deep at corner. You know, after no, Chris Harris and DRC, you know, it was, it was a Kayvon Webster and Tony Carter who are who are fine. You know, they're they're role players, but they're not going to start. So of course the Broncos go out. They get themselves in a keep to leave to make up for the departure of DRC, and uh, they go out and draft a Bradley Roby, who, from what I have heard, uh, and I, I don't want to divulge any names. I was talking to one of the players, and 
he said that Roby is just mightily struggling right now. He's mm-hmm. getting beat on every single play. So I go out to Twitter and I share that information with my followers. You know, I, I try I try to be a good show host. Try to keep and say, involved. Yeah, I, I, I try to bring exclusive information because I'm just that kind of guy. So instead of getting you know a thank you and people having a le- you know a, a logistic a logistical conversation with me like an actual conversation, everybody gets mad at me. Like, oh well, that's expected. Are you saying that Elway blew a pick and then it just it just ballooned into this huge problem where it's like, oh no, now you don't have faith in John Elway. Oh well, John Elway always drafts bust. It's like that's a different conversation for a different day. But yeah, John Elway has not been good as far as his draft picks. Well, well, you know, I'm saying I'm the messenger. I was just sharing that information and everybody lost their mind. You can't bash. You can't say anything bad about the Broncos in this town. You know that. You're not allowed to. I, I, I do know that. And, and it kind of bothers me, actually. I, I kind of got into Peyton the other day. Oh, you're, not, you're certainly not Woo! allowed to do that. We had quite a few callers. Uh, and when you're when the intern's getting called out, you know you, you said something you shouldn't have said. Yeah, well, that's that's good. You got you you to keep people on their toes. You that's do. the thing. So, well, Roby, it, he's a rookie. I mean, it's, it's really difficult for a rookie quarterback to come in the NFL. But here's, here's the thing. You're right. But my argument with that is, A, first-round draft picks are expected to start. I don't want to hear this stuff where, oh, it's the hardest position in football. It's this, it's it is, that. though. I, I, I understand. Corner is a very hard position to come into. But when you're getting beat at practice, and I guarantee he's not running with the first-teamers because he's a rookie. He's just not yet. Yeah, I think Webster is. When he's getting beat by Latimer, who was a second-round pick, and they probably have Brock Osweiler or Zach Dysart throwing him the ball, I don't want to hear these excuses because then people are saying, oh, well, of course Peyton Manning's going to pick on him. Yeah, but Brock Osweiler's also picking on him. Dysart's also picking yep. on him. And it doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. He can't cover any of the receivers because apparently Bubba Caldwell, you know, who's lower on the depth chart, and Latimer, who's going to be lower on the depth chart, they are just having their way with Roby. So if you want to start and, you know, people are so excited that they drafted a corner. He's from Ohio State. They feel like he's going to transition well because he's a Big Ten guy, because he's from a school like Ohio State. You hear that he's struggling, and you're so quick to defend him. It's like, keep an open mind. Well, two points. I don't know, understand why, uh, and I've actually heard this argument, why people think that him being from the Big Ten in Ohio State would somehow translate into the NFL very well. Simply because it's it's Ohio State. It's yeah. one of the, it's, it's considered one of the powerhouses. It's the same thing if you got a yeah. guy from, from Alabama or, or Auburn or Florida State. People That's a whole other this, level. You're right. But people have this connotation where Ohio State has this... Uh, it's got an aura about him. It, exactly. it does. I mean, it's so Ohio State. People just assume that... He needs to be good because he's from Urban Meyer's system at Ohio State. In a in a Big Ten that is not proficient at throwing the football, uh, that that's kind of my point here. I, I just I don't know why people would be so excited. I mean, I, I like the draft pick. Um, I do slightly agree with you. I mean, disagree with you. I apologize. Um, I mean, you got D. Milner, right? My Jets last year. Yes, he was, a, he was the ninth overall draft pick from Alabama, and he made an he, immediate impact. That was awful. Was he? It was t- he started. He started, uh, but he got benched three separate times. Um, but he recently came out and said he was one of the best corners in the yeah, game. Yeah, well, you know, I gotta like the confidence. Classic Jets. Yes. Huge fan of that. But no, he struggled. I mean, it's it's hard to come into the NFL right off the bat as, as a corner in a league that passes the ball, I think, you know, it's like 70% of the time now, um, and have a huge effect on the game. But I think the, the more 
important part of this conversation is the depth that they have in the secondary. So I don't necessarily think Roby has to come in and be the starter, which last year well, there and, wasn't and a that ton was, of And depth. that was the point that I was trying to make when I sent out my tweet. You, you have a couple bad games, and, uh, and this town turns on you. Tony Carter had an excellent campaign in 2012. They made some really big plays. He filled in when the Broncos had injuries. Last year, he and Kayvon were kind of thrown into the fire because Champ Bailey went down. People forget, Kayvon was drafted in the middle rounds. And he had a fairly significant impact. In fact, he was one of the reasons that they beat the Cowboys last year. Stripped Des Bryant, turned it into seven points. And that was kind of yeah. like the difference in that game before the Danny Trevathan interception, obviously. So, just looking back in last year, these players, I mean, these guys can play. Tony Carter has a couple bad games and, you know, the entire town turns on him and they just assume that he's a scrub. He's a very good corner. And from the people that I have talked to, these third parties, these players, they're saying that he's playing better than any of the corners. He's outplaying Akeem Tlaib right yeah. now. And you can take that for what it is because it is it training, is training camp, camp. But take it for what it's worth. It's good to, to have that. Right? If the to players have these, are noticing, yeah. then that means coaches are noticing. They're, they're not the only people that see it. And apparently Kayvon Webster's... Uh, Tearing it up as well. Kayvon Webster, people are very high They're on really too. He's him. very fast and yeah. he's built like a safety and he hits like a safety. It's just, I mean, with these kind of guys, it takes a couple years. You know, and, and I've said it on our show on Level Up. Again, if you want to listen, go to soundcloud.com slash level up show. You can tune in live Saturdays, noon to two in Denver. And we've said it before, people get labeled with the bust. Uh, with the bus label very early on too, rookie year second season give a guy three to four years in the NFL to develop obviously that's more difficult to do with a first round pick but it's something you got to do everybody adjusts differently I mean while there may be a first round pick that's still figuring it out there are kids that were undrafted who are starting Make it have and may have, yeah, having huge impacts right. exactly I mean, you look at a Chris Harris. That's yeah. exactly what happened with him. There were first-round picks that year that aren't even on the team right now. And Chris Harris is considered a top-ten corner in the NFL. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I I think you got to give Roby a little bit of time. But I think I'm mean, just looking at this uh, this defense and the depth chart. It's really deep, man. I'm, I mean, it's this is a defense that I think could really do some serious damage. This, team, this defense is going to rush the quarterback. I mean, that, that D-line is super deep. And they're going to be really strong, um, you know, in, in the back. Um, I'm really impressed by them. I think uh, overall, like I said, they got a nasty streak in them that they didn't have last year. You need that in the NFL. I think that Seattle game really kind of and a lot of that came and, with with the arrival of T.J. Ward. From everything we're hearing, right? I, it's, apparently, he's the most vocal guy out there. T.J. Ward and and, and Akeem Talib have been really vocal defensively. And that's exactly what they needed. What they needed. Demarcus Ware has never really been a vocal leader. He was kind of a Champ Bailey of the defensive line. You know, he leads by example. And so it's hard to say. Let me ask you this: of these players, now of course that Champ Bailey is gone. Who is going to be this defensive captain, vocal or unvocal? Who's going to get the C on their jersey? Yeah, I mean. I, I, can you give it to Ward or, or Tlaib? I don't know if you're the first year. But like I said, I mean, from everything I've heard, T.J. Ward. I mean, Welker got it in his first yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. I think, it's gotta, I think it has to be Ward or Tlaib. I think you got to – I'm going to go with Ward, actually, just from everything I'm hearing. Um, I wouldn't give it to Vaughn. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I don't disagree I don't with think that Vaughn's whatsoever. Getting that. <laughs> um, DeMarcus Ware is somebody that you could give it to. He's been in the league for, you know, what, seven years, whatever. Just because remember, it's but. DeMarcus Ware. But see, I have a problem with that because if he's not a vocal leader – 
and, and this might sound bad, but I had a problem with Champ Bailey being considered a captain. He was not because not because he was you know he, he was one of those silent leaders. But that's not what you need in the NFL. I mean, obviously a guy like Peyton Manning, he's very vocally leads by example. But then you have a guy like Ryan Clady. So maybe have one of each because Clady was a captain last year until he got hurt. Here, here's my thing. I think I agree with you defensively. I think you need a captain who's going to be vocal. Um, and who's constantly, you know, ch- chatting it up with his teammates. I, my personal opinion is, this Denver Broncos team has kind of, as Peyton, Peyton is the only real leader that they have out there. And I think they kind of took on the personality of Peyton's going to do everything for us. Um, and you can't do that. This defense, and for, like we said, from everything we're hearing, they're taking a lot of pride in this year and saying, look, Peyton can't do it all. This we, defensively, we need to be able to get guys off the field so this game's not you know in the 30s both ways. I think if you can have a captain like T.J. Ward or Keem Talib who are vocal, they're they're nasty, they're hard hitting. I then I think this defense can take on a new personality where they're not as soft as they were last year. Um, and I th- I do think they're going in the right direction. I'm not a huge Broncos guy, Mario. I, I don't have really I know you're not on that, but for me to look at it. This is why I brought you in, yeah. because you're an objective third party who's not going to blow smoke up everyone's ass. That's what I do. <laughs> I will convince everybody that the Broncos are going to go 16-0 and and win the Super Bowl. That's my shtick. Well, let's see if you will. And I'll bounce out a bit. That's where that sounds. So let me, let, let me tell you this. The thing that a lot of people are forgetting is that this team broke all of these records with really a mediocre offensive line. And the reason they were able to get away with having said mediocre offensive line, is because Peyton Manning is your quarterback. I guess to bring the ball faster than anybody in the NFL, yeah. So and, and that's and that's proven. So obviously you can't have eight guys in the box. I mean, if you can generate pressure with a four-man rush, which is exactly what Indianapolis did, that's why they lost. Which is exactly what San Diego did, that's why they lost. It's what Seattle did, that's why they got blown off the ball. So a guy like Chris Clark, who filled in admirably while Ryan Clady was out, he simply wasn't good enough to be the starting left tackle. But you never saw that out of teams. You know, when you faced a team that did that couldn't generate a pass rush with a four-man rush, Manning got rid of the ball very quickly. So now you're looking at the offensive line. They're moving Orlando Franklin back to guard, which was his natural position when he was at the University of Miami. He was a guard. They turned him into a tackle because at the time they drafted him, they needed a tackle. But now that Chris Clark has kind of shown what he can do, he's going to start at right tackle. And we talked about it last week in case anybody missed it. It's very difficult to transition from right tackle to left tackle because you completely flip your feet. For his entire career, all through college, all through the pros, Clark was a right tackle. So he is dropping back with his right foot and he's planting with that foot. When you all of a sudden have to do everything the opposite, of what you were doing, it's very difficult. Anybody in the NFL will tell you that. So now getting Ryan Clady back, who just a couple of years ago was considered one of, if not the best offensive tackles in the game, and you're just getting him back. I mean, he didn't play at all at last all, year. Yeah. The first season, the first time that he ever missed a game. And so obviously you hope that he's 100%, but that's huge. And that's something that, surprisingly, not a lot of people are talking about. This offensive line is going to be infinitely better. The running back is more of a running back. You know, no Sean Moreno was kind of helter-skelter. He's kind of all over the place. He was one of those guys, if you look back at his tape, he was he ran the ball like he was on cocaine. He, he ran out of his own cleats. I mean, he would trip himself up just because he was, like, so eager. Monty Ball, he was a runner. Monty Ball is a running back. That's the difference between the two. Let me ask this, Mario, and I've... 
I keep hearing this over and over again. How excited everybody is about Monte Ball. What, what do you think is going to change, though? I mean, they they had they still have to hand the ball off. So you still have Peyton Manning as your quarterback. I don't understand why suddenly they're going to start giving Monte Ball the, so many more carries to even have the opportunity to have that running game. I don't see why they would do that. The reason that people are excited, if you look back, when Monte Ball, I mean, obviously holding on to the ball was kind of an issue for him, which is strange, because I think he only fumbled something like two times in his entire college career. Yeah, it was a crazy step. But the ball's bigger in, in the pros, right. and, and it's a hard transition. Harder. You know who also had a very difficult time fumbling the ball their rookie year? Clinton Portis. He seemed to, you know, turn around and be just fine with it. It's one of those things where if it happens once to one of these young guys, and we saw the same thing with Hillman, Hillman. it starts getting in your head. And I feel like Monty, at the end of the season, if you look at his stats, when he was splitting carries, he was the more effective running back. But Noshan was a better pass blocker. He was a better receiver at the time. So you're leaving Noshan in there. He just knew the offense better. Now that Monty's kind of had a year in the NFL, and the reason, let me just say this, the reason that they got him over in Eddie Lacy is because Monty Ball stayed all four years in college. He just knew the game better than most of the rookie running backs that year. I mean, for God's sakes, he had, what, 62 or 68 career touchdowns? I'm, I, I can't remember. But, yeah, he had yeah, the, record. No, he's got the record. So the reason I'm so high on him is, like I just said, in baseball, you have pitchers and you have throwers. A guy like Greg Maddox, he was a pitcher. You know, some of these other guys in the pros right now, uh, like for the Colorado Rockies, a Franklin Morales. He has great stuff, but he's a thrower. He's not a pitcher. So it's along the same lines. Monty Ball is a running back. Noshan Moreto was simply a runner. He's a little bit out of control, but he really benefited from never having eight guys in the box, from having a pretty solid offensive line, and the threat that defenses were always on their heels because they just assumed that Peyton Manning would throw the ball. So when he was getting these five, six, seven-yard gains, it was because the linebackers weren't touching him for another five, six, seven yards. So it's not that he broke that many tackles. Those were just the defensive sets that we saw. So now that we have a guy like Monty Ball, who I feel has much better vision than a guy like Noshawn Moreno, is going to understand the playbook much better than he did last year. He's not going to have a Pro Bowl-type season, but he can certainly rush for about twelve to 1,300 yards and double-digit touchdowns simply because he has a high ceiling and really no competition. Ronnie Hillman is now well, he's a social... Back. You're right. Yeah. Ronnie Hillman is now a social pariah in Denver. C.J. Anderson was an undrafted kid last year. So it really is all money. And the fact, and I complained about this a little bit on the show, where I was surprised and kind of upset that they didn't bring in a veteran running back. But at the same time, that tells me that obviously they know something that we don't. They're perfectly okay with having Monty be the guy without a veteran presence. But there's... I, there still has to be a conscious effort to run the football. That's my only point, is that everybody's getting really excited about Monty Ball, and I, I can't disagree with you. I think, talent-wise, he's a, he's a better running back than Noshan. I just don't see how they're going to make this transition to suddenly running the ball more, and so Monty Ball has this great season. What do you have Peyton Manning? You only got, what do you got, two years left with Peyton? They are going to let him go. He is going to absolutely let it rip, passing wise, because that's what they do. So I just don't, I just don't know about all this excitement about yeah, how it's suddenly going to take exactly over. That's exactly why. I'm, I mean, it's not like Monty Ball is going to be this this huge deal in Denver. And uh, you know, obviously, as a Bronco guy, you look back at the Super Bowl teams. The one time, or the two times, I should say, that John Elway finally got the monkey off his back. He finally won his Super Bowls was because of a guy like Terrell Davis. He took the pressure, so it was no longer all on John Elway to win. Monty Ball is not that guy. So let me just preface it by saying that 
people with high expectations, he'll be good. He's not going to be Terrell Davis good. He's not going to be rushed for 2,000 yards, potential league MVP good. But he will make dif- a difference, and he will take some of the pressure. And you know what? When you have Peyton throwing the ball so many times, some of the blame has to lie on offensive coordinator Adam Gase. He, it's his game plan. And, I mean, sometimes they went out and no Sean would run the ball 25 to 30 times, well, kind of like he did in New England. I think, Mario, a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with Peyton. Peyton is, and I know that they're calling You're right. He does, he does make a, a lot of, of changes. Yeah. He is basically your, you know, offensive coordinator 1B, right? And that's, what, and that's why Peyton is so good. Um, here's a question for you. Do you get any blame on Peyton? Do you, do you feel comfortable with him as your quarterback? You, you, we've kind of seen over his career. Let's let's be honest; he hasn't been very clutch. As, there's, as, well, there's there's certainly no one that I have more confidence really? in as, as, as far as being a secondary offensive coordinator. And obviously, hindsight's going to be twenty twenty. You know, everybody is a couch coach. As I like to call it, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. You're watching the game from your couch, and you're saying, "Well, I, I can't believe Peyton audible into that. I can't believe this is happening. That's happening. Whatever." But it's easy to see, you know, once the play un- unfurls, and you're like, "Oh, well, I can't believe he did that." Well, he's been doing it for quite a while. And you talk about people who are good at their jobs. It's widely regarded that nobody is better at their job than Peyton Manning is in the NFL. Uh, agreed. But, but here's my question: Look. When it comes down to it, the regular season for the Broncos, uh, they, they're probably going to go thirteen and three. It's meaningless. Twelve and four. Right? It's not a big deal. That that division's garbage. Once they get into the postseason, how do you feel about Peyton in the postseason? That's the question, and it has been his entire career. And people say how great he is, and he is the man. He's a, a phenomenal regular season quarterback, but he's had some serious issues in the postseason. That pick against Baltimore. I, st- I mean, watching that, I mean, that was all his fault. I don't even want you to bring that up. <laughs> the, 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 I still have nightmares about terrible. that. It's terrible. And he's got some really bad picks. He had the pick in the Super Bowl with Indy when they lost it to New Orleans. Uh, the pick six last year against Seattle. The way that I look at Peyton Manning, I think he's a phenomenal uh, regular season quarterback. I don't know if he has that clutch gene. And that's my biggest question going into this year is can Peyton Manning lead this team to a Super Bowl with the teams that they're going to face in the Super Bowl. You're going to get Seattle, San Francisco, or Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I obviously don't see really any other NFC teams being a real threat. And in the AFC, I see Colts, Patriots, and that's just about it. Those are the only teams. Gonna, yeah, and those are the only teams that are going to give Denver a run for their money. And if you look at a team like New England, they structured themselves to beat a team like Denver. That's why they brought in Revis and Browner, and they did the Ugh. things that they did. But here's the thing with Peyton Manning. He gets put under a microscope. So, I mean, it, it can be said that his brother is more clutch, and his brother has shown that he is more clutch in the playoffs. But I think this kind of thing gets blown out of proportion. And I think the reason that, you know, we don't have to worry as much this season as we have in seasons past. Look back at the team that Peyton Manning played for with the Colts, the Super Bowl team that went 14-2. and His running backs were, you know, Dominic Rhodes and Joseph Adai. You know, I think Joseph Adai was either a rookie or a second-year kid. He was kind of split carries. Uh, Reggie Wayne was his main target. Compare that Super Bowl team to this Broncos team. Just just straight up offense to defense, it's really no comparison. This Broncos defense is so much better because what do they do with the holes? They brought in three of the top seven free agents during the offseason, and they plugged them in. I mean, they lost one of their threats and wide receivers. They replaced him a couple days later. This team did everything and then some. 
to make sure that they picked up right where they left off and they improved. So even if you, you know, draw side by side comparisons from this team last year to this team this year, it's greatly improved. And so the reason that I don't see uh, Manning caving under the pressure is because they're not going to have to outscore their opponents the way they did last year. Their defense is going to be able to step up and step on the throat. And that was the big problem that the Broncos had last year. They won some games running away, but the ones that were close were because, you know, the offense couldn't quite put it away and the defense let teams stick around. That's why they almost lost to Dallas last year. So now that they have made those improvements, they've got one of the greatest pass rushers in NFL history. They've got one of the top five corners in the NFL, in my opinion, right now. They have one of the best safeties now in TJ Ward. And I mean, they, they just did so much to shore up their defense. I think the defense this year was kind of like the Terrell Davis to John Elway 1997-1998 and I know that's a little bit of a stretch kind of a, a weird comparison to make but Terrell Davis took the pressure off of John Elway just like this defense is going to take the pressure off of Peyton Manning yeah when they're going to have to right um that's like we talked about before right the, the defense is a heck of a lot better but if my only point is I just haven't really seen Peyton do it and I mean I guess we have like he won a Super Bowl right but the team that he went up against in New Orleans is a heck of a lot different than the teams he's going to go up if they make it back to the Super Bowl. And it's going to, and in my opinion, it'll be Seattle or San Francisco. Two really physical football teams are going to run the football down the throat and they're going to hit in the mouth. I don't think they are built to beat those two teams. That is my own. That's my only. That's my opinion. That's fine. I just don't think they're built to beat them. I think. Um, I, mean, I think they got intimidated last year, and. Um, I think that offense is not good enough to go up against Seattle, and I definitely don't think they're good enough to go against San Francisco. You have to be able to run the ball, and you have to be able to wear them down. And I, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. And I look, Peyton's the man. I agree with you, but over his career, I'm a Brady guy. I really am. And and for me, I I think Brady. That's has, weird coming from a Jets fan. Well, you sit there and you watch him for for 15 years, right? You sit in there, you're playing him twice a year. The guy makes things happen when you need him to, and, and, and Peyton's great, but I've seen him, he's choked uh, a few times. So for me, he that's... He's choked the last two years in a row. That's I don't my, disagree with you there. That's my only concern. Um, I think they'll get to the Super Bowl, I really do, because I don't think anybody in the AFC can, can compete. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, those two, like I said, those two teams in the NFC are, are significantly better than, than the Broncos. And, and a case can be made for that, and obviously... You know, you hope that the team stays healthy. You can never guess. And, of course, we're doing this podcast outside, outside. and the neighbor uh, decided to start mowing their lawn. So let's wrap it up real quick here. Uh, Let me just say this, Mario. Go ahead. So people don't get mad at me. I am absolutely ready for the Broncos to get to the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> I'd like to see them. I like this team a lot. I think they, I think, uh, they have a lot of talent. They the Jets in the AFC Championship game. Well, yeah. And actually, I think it's week eight, so I'm trying to get out there to New York. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bottom line... That is the question, and, you know, we, we can break it down, the X's and O's, and, you know, talk until the crows come home, and or whatever the hell this saying That's is. That's a good song, Cows yeah. come home, the crows come I, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm a young guy. What the hell do I know? It's not going to be seen until it actually gets played out. You don't know who's going to make the Super Bowl. You don't know who's going to get hurt. I mean, at the beginning of last season, do you think anybody would have believed you if you said that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to, you yep. know, make a push to win, to almost win the division and end up making the playoffs. I mean, there, there are just so many things. How many people would have guessed that the Falcons and the Texans 
both would have been two of the worst teams in the NFL last year. So, yeah, again, there's so much ambiguity. But the final thought that I'm going to leave you with is this. Is Peyton Manning really going to retire on a low note? It just seems like the football gods have it out for this guy. After that neck surgery, he was supposed to be done. He was cast off by Indianapolis. But he came back, won an MVP, and now just needs to win a Super Bowl. It's just one of those things, right? Pete Manning can't not win one more Super Bowl. That's all the rationalization I have for you, Joe. I like you can hope. take it or leave it. Uh, I like it. Hey, and once again, bottom line, we're talking about the Broncos here in the, in the off season. I think they won the off season, right? I, they, they absolutely they did won the off season, and they and they keep, keep talking about it as we move forward. So they did a heck of a job in the off season. I'm very excited for this year. Thank you for tuning in. The only podcast you can hear with background yard work in the right. My goodness. My neighbors knew what well, we were doing. It's that real, is, Mario. This, this, is, this, is, this, yeah, is this is real. I, yeah, we are very unprofessional, but we bring you the freaking truth. That's how we do it. My name is Mario Vitanzi. That's been Joe Morgan with me. Ben Albright back in next week. Maybe we can get the uh, the intern Joe so a little bit more publicity. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at MileHighJomo. Follow me at MileHighMario. Yeah, you see what we did there? And follow Ben as well. We're at it at NFL. And tune into our show, Level Up, Saturdays, noon to two. Go to MileHighSports.com, listen live. Or you can always go to SoundCloud.com. Slash level up show. You know, maybe you're listening to this from here, or you're listening on the Red Lights Network.com. Until next week, my name is Mario. God bless everybody.